praise the Lord Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus. Oh, you can do better for Jesus. I said you can do better for Jesus. Come on. Come on. If you're excited about this gathering, give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Please sit down. Sit down. Going to hear the word of God. The reason or the purpose for the Gethsemane experience is intentionally for us to have a feel, at least a portion, a small experience of what our Lord and Savior went through. So, the reason we have this setup is not because we don't have a church auditorium. The reason we have this setup is that many Christians follow Jesus Christ and they don't have the experience he had. Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, let him carry his own cross then he will be qualified to follow me. There is something called the sufferings of Christ. Jesus said, until a wheat of grain falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. As we walk with God, we must embrace the sufferings that come with it. This generation does not want the suffering of Christ. But they want the victories of Christ. Without suffering, you cannot have victory. Without pain, you cannot have gain. You see, what Jesus went through is like what we are experiencing times 1,000 times. It was around this time that Jesus was being marched to Golgotha. You are not carrying a cross. He carried a cross under this same weather. He was stripped naked. They lashed and scourged his skin. That means that his skin was open wounds. To the scorching demands of the sun. Ladies and gentlemen. He carried a cross. That was big enough. To hang him. While he climbed the Golgotha. While his wounds were open. While they lashed him. If you are sitting here today. You have only but a glimpse of what Jesus, your master, went through. And it should be a privilege that you have the opportunity to experience a little bit of what Jesus went through. And under the scorching sun, without sunglasses, without a baseball cap, even without water. 
the creator of water became needy of water. And the Bible said as he hung on the cross, he screamed to the people. Some of them he had healed their sickness. Some of them he had raised their dead. Some of them he had healed them of all kinds of diseases. Some of them he had cast out demons. The Lord Jesus screamed to the people. He said, I test. He said, I test. Under that condition, his heart was palpitating. His wounds were hurting. And at the same time, under the scorching sun, six inches nails were driven through his hands on the left with a sledgehammer. And as the blood was dripping on his left hand, they tacked his right hand on the pole. Under the scorching sun, they drove another six inches nail into his hand. He was yearning for water to quench his thirst. His body was drying up. He was losing blood. He was getting dizzy. They put his legs together. They drove another six inches nails into his legs. They pinned him to a tree. As if that was not enough. They formed a crown of thorns. A crown of sharp thorns. And they hung it upon his head. And when it was not fitting properly, because of the strokes of the tongues, they pushed it till it pierced his head. And they pushed it till it pierced his head. Until it became fit in his head. But blood was oozing from all points. As if that was not enough, they took a spear and they pierced his side. And Bible said blood was gushing out. And he screamed and said, I test just a drop of water. Just a drop of water. Can anybody give me just a drop of water? What about that person who was sick and I healed? I don't want money. I just need a drop of water. What about that person's mother whom I raised from the dead? Can someone fetch me just a drop of water? I am thirsty. I am thirsty. I know food may be too much for you. But the cheapest commodity on earth. Just water. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. And blood was oozing out of his body. The pain of the nails. The pain of the lashes. I envision Jesus on the cross with his back full of wounds against a hot wood. Oh my God. Pain on his head. Pain in his arms. Pain in his legs. Pain in his side. He said, I'm testing. He said, I'm testing. He said, I'm testing. The whole day he had not eaten anything. They arrested him at dawn. Marched him through the streets. 
spat on him, tormented him. He was dehydrated. I test. This is but just a small portion of what Jesus went through. And year upon year, we will come here so that we have an understanding that our Christian faith is not cosmetic. If we need a proper reflection and meditation, it will not be in the comfort of our air-conditioned homes. It will not be in the comfort of a dining table served with all kinds of meals. But it will be on the city of favor, on this mountain, for us to catch a glimpse of what Jesus went through. Some of you are tired already. But he was crucified because of you and I. He was nailed because of you and I. Now he has called us into his suffering. Jesus has not exempted us from his suffering. Says anyone that comes after me, he must count the cost. Christianity is not a call for luxury. It is a call for suffering. He said, I test. And he had no water. Beloved, it will not be long we'll be out of here. But you need to keep a memory of this thing with you. You need to take into consideration the, the scorching nature of the sun. You need to go home with something. If we say Jesus died for you, sometimes you think that he just died. That what it actually means is that he suffered for you. Death was the last aspect of the cost, the price he paid for you. In fact, death was the easiest part of the whole deal. So as prophet Isaiah was narrating the ordeal of our salvation, he put it in a proper context. He didn't say Jesus died for us. That is simplifying the matter. He said he was wounded for our transgressions. To be hurt and to be wounded are two different things. To be hurt is without deliberate intention. To be wounded is with premeditation. It's like deciding to hurt somebody in an extreme measure. Jesus was not hurt. He was wounded. There were tools that were fabricated intentionally to bring damage to his body. Bible said he was bruised for our iniquities. To bruise means to strike until blood start coming out, my God. He was bruised for our iniquity. Bible said the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Anytime you receive healing, remember Jesus took a pain for your healing. Anytime you receive peace in your life, remember it was not for free. Anytime you laugh, remember he wept. 
Anytime you are promoted in life, remember he was demoted. Anytime you are delivered into great dimensions of glory, remember he was stripped naked in shame. He paid the price for your good life. It is not just a matter of you praying. Some people think that they are prayerful. Some people think they are righteous. Some people think they have done their things well. That's why they are, they are receiving the things they have received. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not by your righteousness. It is by his suffering. He took a pain for your gain. He took a pain for your gain. This is why I love my Jesus. Because even while I was a sinner, he remembered me. This is just giving me an idea. This is just giving you an idea. There was a cost to your salvation. He was sweating under the scorching sun. He was sweating under the scorching sun. If you are sweating today, you are in the same league with Jesus Christ. If you are thirsty today, you are in the same league with Jesus Christ. He took a pain for our gain. Nobody pampered my Jesus. He went through the suffering. The songwriter said he took a fall because of me. Because of me. Put your hands together. If you have done this, you have also done well. To remember your Lord in this way. If he's looking upon us from heaven, he will be glad that we are also taking a fall. Oh my Lord, because of him. Can someone sing that song? Can you sing that song? Yes. He took a fall because of me. He was trampled upon. He was trampled upon. You live to die. Rejected and alone. Like a rose. Trampled on the ground. He took a fall. He laid behind the storm. He lived to die, rejected the Lord like a rose, trampled on the ground. It took a Listen to me. 
the Holy Spirit just whispered to me. He said, Jesus was not the only one who suffered on that day. He said, his disciples also suffered with him. While he was carrying the cross, they were also following him. His mother also suffered with him. His disciples also went along. As the sun was scorching them, as the sun was scorching Jesus, it was scorching them. They didn't stay in their homes. They went along with him. They supported him. This is our support on Good Friday. If we were in the day of Jesus, there were two groups of disciples. There were those who went to hide. And there were those who went to escort him. Those who escorted him suffered with him. Today we came to escort Jesus. We are not qualified to die on the cross. But we came to suffer a little with him. May your suffering end in gain. May every pain you have gone through here turn into a mighty blessing in your life. From here, may mighty doors be open unto you. From here, may the glory of Christ shine upon you. From here, may closed doors be open unto you. I prophesy to 100 people that the favor of Christ is upon you. From here, may God remember you. From here, may God uphold you. From here, may God bless you supernaturally. You will never lack in your life. You will never lose in your life. Receive the blessings of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please sit down. Now, Gethsemane is a Hebrew word. It comes from a Hebrew word which means a place of spiritual and emotional torments. So the word Gethsemane means torment. So if this is Gethsemane experience, it cannot be done without any kind of torment. Another word for Gethsemane in the Greek language is oil press. So in the days of Jesus Christ, they had what we call the Garden of Gethsemane. And in that garden, there was an oil press. So the garden contains olive fruits. The olive is what we get oil from. So they harvest the olive fruit and put it in something like a mortar. It's a pounding device. And then there's a donkey and then they tie another mill. It's like a heavy stone around the neck of the donkey. And as the donkey moves around, the stone begins to grind the olive fruits. 
And then oil begins to come out. What is the prophetic meaning of this? It means that the olive is you and I. And until we are crushed by the word of God, by the faith we have in Christ, there's an anointing in our lives that will not come out. So when God wanted Jesus to fulfill destiny, he directed him into the garden of Gethsemane. Bible says he began to pray. And the prayer was such a heavy pressure. He came under the pressure of the oil press. And the Bible said, his sweat became like blood. It was at that point that an angel of the Lord came and ministered to him. As you swear today, may the angel of the Lord come and minister to you. As you swear today, may the angel of the Lord minister to you. Some of you came here with cars. Your cars are dirty. Some of you, you couldn't even come up with your car. You have done a good thing for the Lord. For whatever you have suffered for the name of Christ, may the oil of prosperity come out of it. On these grounds of Gethsemane, whatever took you to come here, every loss you will make here, may it turn into an anointing over your life. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus. Now, if any of you is feeling dehydrated, tired, worn out, please don't hesitate. You, nobody will judge you. It's, feel free. I want to say go and sit down, but I feel like some people don't want to sit down. So, those of you who want to sit down, please, it's allowed. We'll be out of here in a, in a few minutes. Praise the Lord Jesus. So now you can see what Jesus went through. Charlie, it's not easy. <laughs> Even with this thing and this thing and this, I'm really suffering here. <laughs> so imagine all of this plus open wound, nails, test. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, but it doesn't mean you can't go and sit down. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus. Put your hands together for yourself. Say, I will endure for a while. Oh, say, I can do this. Praise the Lord Jesus. I want to share in a brief time what I've entitled The Power and Mystery of the Blood of Jesus. The power and the mystery of the blood of Jesus. Listen to me and listen to me well. One of the most defining things about Good Friday is the blood of Jesus. On Good Friday, one of the things that was so evident from when Jesus was arrested to when he finally gave up the ghost 
one thing that was running through that journey was blood. It was bloody. Even the blood started from Peter drawing a sword and cutting off the ear of a Roman soldier. So in Gethsemane, blood dropped on the ground. And when they took Jesus out, they began to flog him. Blood was all around him. At Golgotha, there was blood. So if you ask me, what is that one thing that defined the death of Jesus Christ? It was the blood. The blood. It was a bloody Friday. We call it Good Friday. But to Jesus, it was a bloody Friday. We want to look at the mystery behind the blood. In the realm of the spirit, there are laws. Just as we have laws in the realm of the physical. In the realm of the spirit, the laws is what governs every protocol in the spirit. There is nothing like impromptu things in the spirit. When we say spirit, we mean systematic. We mean excellence. We mean well thought through. Sometimes we think that if something is spiritual, it means it is disorganized. So sometimes when we say someone is spiritual, we try to mean that they are disorganized. We try to mean that they are unkempt. They are only prayerful. But spiritual means organized. Systematic. Governed. So there are two laws that God gave concerning our redemption. The first law can be found in Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20. That's the first law every Christian must know. It says, the soul that sin shall die. It's a law in the spirit. God established that law. And the law is a law. Once it is set in motion, you cannot do anything about it. The only way to overcome a law is to operate by a higher law. But you cannot take out a law. You cannot take it out of its place. Gravitational force is a law. It means when you jump up, you will come down. It's a law. You can't take it out of the world. But if you want to overcome that law, you need another law called the law of aerodynamics. Which helps you to suspend and overpower the gravitational force. So laws are established to be permanent. The Bible said, the soul that sins shall die. That word cannot be taken back. Nothing can be done about that word. 
That means that sin is equal to death. That means the consequence of sin is equal to death. The soul that sins shall die. Now, the, the devil is also a spirit. So, he has intelligence concerning spiritual laws. So, after having this intelligence, his focus was that man whom God has created in his image and after his likeness will die. The devil was, his aim is not to cause man to sin. His aim is to cause man to die. Bible said the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But spiritually, there's no other means to death except the law that has been enacted in the spirit. The devil cannot use a pickaxe to kill man. He is a spirit. He cannot hold tangible things. The devil cannot use a gun to kill man. He is a spirit. He cannot hold tangible things. So he looked at what law shall make a man die. As he peeped into the realm of the spirit, he saw the scroll of laws. And he was able to understand if a man will sin, that man will die. Then he said, I like this law because I hate man. So what did he do? He has to cause man to sin so that man will end up the way he wants man to end up. With this law, he entered the garden of Gethsemane. And he deceived Eve and caused Eve and Adam to sin against God. Then the law was activated. Did you not read in the Bible that God said, My word have I exalted above my name. So when the word of God is established, no one can change it. So man became someone that was going to die. In other words, death was immediately established in the life of a man. But God is so wise. When he established the law of death by sin, he knew that the devil would explore that law. The law of gravity brings people down. The law of aerodynamics takes people up. So God established another law. So that that law will come with a redemption of man. The second law is in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22. The Bible says, in fact... The law requires that everything can be cleansed with the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. 
The first law says, the man who sins must die. The second law says, everything can be cleansed. And with the shedding of blood, with the shedding of blood, with the shedding of blood, sin can be forgiven. And if sin is forgiven, the implication of sin can be taken away. So in the Old Testament, the priest understood the power of the second dimension. Year upon year, they would take a sheep who is clean, take the sheep into the tabernacle, slaughter the sheep, present the blood before God. With the shedding of blood, there can be forgiveness of sin. So year after year, they atone for their sins through the blood. So the blood was shed every single year. But can I tell you something? That one was not sufficient. Why? Man is trapped in nature. Bible said God made man in his image and after his likeness. Man is made up of three components. Spirit, soul, body. So as they were shedding blood, as the application of the second law, what they got was atonement. Atonement means to cover an offense. So that the offense is not visible to the one that can punish you for the offense. Atonement is like this. The phone is covered. But the phone is there. So anytime God look upon the people, because there's the blood of an animal, because in the book of Ezekiel, it says if you sin, you will die. The book of Hebrews, it says with blood, you will be forgiven. But he didn't mention the blood of anybody. He just said blood. So it means that there's a mystery around the blood. The blood has what it takes to atone for the sin. So they covered their sins for many years. But the sin was not taken away. That's why we call it atonement. Year upon year, God look at the blood, but the sin is piling up. He looks at the blood, he forgives them. But the sin is still there. And they are still meant to die. Do you know why? They use the blood of an animal. What is the problem of the blood of an animal? The blood of an animal is not adequate enough. Can you bring me my bottles? It's not adequate enough to cover entirely the sin of man. Why? Man is made up of spirit, soul, and body. Animal is made up of body and soul. The blood of animal lacks a spiritual component. 
And so if you use soul and body to try to take away the sin of spirit, soul, body, there will be a deficit. So the blood of animals only covered. What it means is that there was a deficit. This is how the blood of animals were. It is not adequate to cater for the sins of men. So every year, when they slaughter an animal, it only covers for a year. They need another animal. Next year. Remember, animals only have body and soul. So next year, because God wants to come back with his children, they slaughter another animal. After one year, expired. Next year, they have another animal. The blood of animals is not full to the brim. It's not adequate. So, the killing of animals was a temporal provision for the redemption plan of God. Third year, they kill an animal. It's finished. It's empty. Their sins are exposed again. So what is it about the blood? Is it because blood is red? Is it because blood has oxygen in it? What is it about the blood that gives his power to take away the sin of a man? You see, the spiritualists who are not Christians understand that there's something in the blood. So when you go to a demonic altar to want to exploit the life of another person, blood has impact on life. Blood has impact on spirits. God said, when I see the blood, I am moved. So blood is able to move God. Blood is able to move spirits. So when you go to a ritualist, can say, I need the blood of a chicken to protect you. When he realized that you are demanding something greater, he can ask you for the blood of a cow. If you are demanding something greater, like those who want political influence, who want dominance over nations, when they go to ritualist, in the spirit, the laws are open. The spiritualist will say, I need the blood of a pregnant woman. In the spirit, nothing is moved until blood is shed. So blood works whether for God or for the devil. It's a contention of blood against blood. It's a contention against altar against altar. Why is it that Blood is what was chosen. Why didn't we use water? Because water is in abundance. Why can't we use Malta Guinness? Why can't we use 
Fanta or Coca-Cola? Are they not all liquid? What is it about the blood? Maybe you go to a ritualist. Say you want money. He say, oh, bring the a cow so that we do blood sacrifice. Why can't you suggest to him that, oh, I have Coca-Cola. I want to bring Coca-Cola. Blood is a medium for spiritual exchange. That's why someone can pour the blood of an animal. Speak a word. And if you are not standing right with Christ, you will come down by the words and the pouring of the blood. Ladies and gentlemen, blood carries power. Blood is a spiritual element. What makes blood powerful? More than Coca-Cola. In the olden days, if anybody ate blood, he was declared a cursed person. What is it about blood? Leviticus chapter 17 verses 11. It says, for the life of a creature is in the blood. And I've given it to you for, to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. Everybody's life is resident in their blood. That's why when someone is in hospital and they are dying, doctor can say, I need blood. Not chloroquine. Not paracetamol. I need blood. Blood is a prescription of doctors. But it was not made in a pharmaceutical company. It means that inside every blood is what we call life. Praise the Lord Jesus. So blood carries what? Blood carries what? Blood carries what? So the Bible says, if blood equals to life, then everybody's life is not in their brain. Your life is not in your hand. Your life is not in your eyes. Your life is not in your cars. Your life is not in your house. That's why your house cannot save you. Your car cannot save you. Your life is not money. I know people say that money is life. Stop lying to yourself. Your life is in your blood. The totality of your blood is life. Look at me. Look at him. As he stands here, put this down. Spiritually, this is not his life. This is his life. That means that if you leave his eyes, his mouth, his heart, his lungs, his kidneys, if you leave his legs and you take out this, fall down, fall down. That's him. His life is here. Now, get up. The moment he has blood, he has life. Praise the Lord Jesus. This is the mystery of life. 
So the Bible said the wages of sin is death. So when you sin, you are supposed to die. But the Bible said the shedding of blood. It means that when you sin, fall down. You die. You fall down because you have sinned and you no more have life. Wages of sin is death. How can you have life? Life is not in anything. That's why rich people die. Their bank account is $10 million. But the bank account does not bring them to life. How can a man come back to life? The second law. When there is shedding of blood, rise up. Because the blood carries life. So, the life goes to restore the death. So, Jesus Christ decided under the instructions of God to come and save man once and for all. Man is dead. Wages of sin is dead. The blood of animals are not sufficient. How can we have a type of blood that can redeem all of mankind? God, look at the blood of a cow. Elephant. Lion. They are not adequate. God, look at the angels. Angels are spirits. My God. So they don't have blood. God, look at himself. He's a spirit. He doesn't have blood. God, look at, at the whole heavens. No one has blood in the heavens. So he said to himself, I will go down to earth because men are those who were made to carry blood. But I am a spirit. So I will go and take the dust of the earth. Now, Mary is going to carry the child that will carry the blood that will redeem man. Follow me. But Mary herself is not adequate enough. Her blood is not good enough. There's sin in her life. So what does God do? God said, I'm going to reproduce a human being. My God. That will not be produced again. The virgin birth, it is an ordination. It is not something that can be repeated. Because it was not just to show the power of God. It was to produce a type of being. That will carry a type of blood. That can redeem men. So, Mary said to the angel, how can I carry a child? Her main concern was that the child must come, but I need to sleep with a man. The angel said, this child must not carry your blood. So in the spirit, Joseph cannot be his father. We have a father in the spirit. But we need your body and your soul, my God. 
So we are descending into you. He said, how can I get pregnant? He said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. And the Spirit of the Most High shall overshadow you. Spirit of God, who doesn't have blood, came upon Mary. Reconfigured the DNA of Mary. So the blood running through Jesus is a perfect blood. It's an adequate blood. Now, how does he shed the blood? This is what Isaiah prophesied. That's why at Gethsemane, he was crying. There's no way to shed the blood until the flesh is cut open. He must submit himself. The Bible said the shedding of blood. He didn't say the application of blood. The shedding of blood. So the moment they are able to tear his skin apart, blood is being shed. The moment they put the crown on his head, blood is being shed. The moment they pierce his side, blood is being shed. The moment they did everything, God needed the blood of Jesus to come out of his body. And the blood was shed. And God said, I have forgiven you. I have forgiven you. I've forgiven you. I've forgiven you. I've forgiven you. I've forgiven you. Now the Bible says, when they arrested Jesus, they took him to the governor, Pontius Pilate. And he said, this is an innocent man. He hasn't done anything wrong. Why do you want to kill him? Remember, when I did a teaching on the Palm Sunday, the people were angry because Jesus, they were expecting that he would stage a coup. The people said, we have to release a prisoner in that particular year. Pontius Pilate says, I don't have any charge against Jesus. So why don't we release Jesus? It's a time to release a sinner. The people said, release Barabbas. Barabbas was a murderer. He was the most dangerous criminal. Pontius Pilate said, you mean Barabbas? They said, yes. What do we do with Jesus? Crucify him. In the palace of Pilate, what happened was a prophetic image of what was going to happen on the cross. You and I, we were Barabbas. Worthy of the punishment of our sins, Jesus was exchanged for Barabbas. Jesus has been exchanged for you. So the Bible said, they said, crucify him. And Pontius Pilate said, Bible said, his wife sent him a message. Don't touch that innocent man. So he took water. Take the water. Hold this for me. And he washed his hands. And he showed it to the people. He said, I've washed my hands from this murder. 
Bible said there was an uproar. The people said, crucify him. What were they saying? Pontius Pilate said, I don't want his blood to be on me. He didn't even know what he was saying. The people said, we will not wash our hands off. In fact, they said, let his blood be on us and our children. Now, the blood that is being shed must be activated by faith. Whosoever believe in him and in his redemptive blood shall be saved. So the people were saying, let his blood save us and our children's children. That's why the Bible said, if the prince of this world, Satan thought, I'm destroying Jesus. He didn't know. Give it to me. He was pressing his blood out to save mankind forever. 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 The blood has been shed. There's forgiveness. God looks at us through the eye of the blood. He was wounded for our transgression. Do you know what transgression means? Presumptuous sin. God knew that even when we come into him, we will still sin. So he created an avenue for transgression. You know this is sin. When you do it, you will still be forgiven. So as they were putting the crown of thorns and they were wounding him, it was a provision for transgression. A provision for transgression. He suffered when they were striking his back. God was making a provision for your healing. When they put the crown of thorns on his head, God was making a provision for your rulership and your dominion. When they put a nail in his leg, look, they put his two legs together. Spiritually, they had formed a government. Ten is the number of governance. So they brought their legs together. They agreed with God that when the blood comes upon the ten, the people who have believed in the blood, whatever the souls of their feet shall tread, they will possess. When they pierce aside, water and blood came out. From the side of man, God took a helper. As they were damaging him, God was constructing your divine helper. By the time they were finished with Jesus, every blessing had been established for those who will believe. When they stripped his clothes and he became naked, 
God was installing a provision for your prosperity. That's what the Bible said. He became poor. So that through his poverty, you might become rich. Every single blessing you see with your eyes is a mark of pain on the body of Jesus Christ. When we say riches, he feels the pain in his head. When you say healing, it was the stripes he took. You know why? That's why when Jesus went to heaven and he came back, he didn't take away the holes. A general is known by his badges. <laughs> In heaven, nobody has the badge of authority like Jesus does. So when he appears, they respect him because the prosperity of, of the people is upon his head. The healing of the people is not upon the life of the angels. It's, it's upon his stripes. His glory is our glory. His suffering brought us deliverance. This is what Jesus did for you and I. You and I. This is the mystery of the blood. Maybe you are here. You are not born again. You need to be like the people. And tell Pontius Pilate. It was a prophetic picture. Pontius Pilate. Took the place of God. In judgment. That's why he washed his hands. That's why when Jesus was on the cross. He looked at heaven. God showed him what will happen with Pontius Pilate. God also washed his hands from him. And he looked into the heaven. Eloi, Eloi, Eloi. Namatabasani. He said it in his heart to Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate, why have thou forsaken me? God was doing practice with Jesus. Pontius Pilate took the place of God. Jesus took the place of a redeemer. The people took the place of sinners. And the people said, Bible says if you confess that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. The people said, let his blood be upon me. You are here. You are a sinner. You want his blood to come upon you. The blood has been shed. It is powerful enough to save. You are here. You want Jesus to save you. You want the blood to save you. Jesus did not die for nothing. He died for your salvation. He gave you his life. The life is in the blood. He wants to give you his life. Because you are dead. Bow down your head. You want to become born again on this day. Please. 
Just raise your hand. We are closing. You want to become born again. You don't want to go to hell. You want to make it to heaven. If you have raised your hand, stand to your feet. If you have raised your hand, stand to your feet. A soul is a soul. Precious to God. If you have stood up, walk majestically towards me. Jesus did not die for only old people. He says, suffer the children, let them come to me. Children will be given account. Poor people will give account. Rich people will give account. Don't let the death of Jesus be in vain. Come closer to me. Come. Come and stand here. Come and stand here. Yes. Coming to my Who is coming to Jesus? Lord Jesus. He shed the blood for you. His blood is his life. He didn't pay money for you. He didn't give gold for you. If it was possible, he would have done it. He emptied himself of all his blood. Medical science says all the points where they nailed are the points that drains blood out of our life slowly. The death was slow and painful. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus.